Everybody laid hands on me and start praying for me. And I could never forget that day. While they were praying, I felt like a tangible, real, I, like I saw it, like two angels came mm-hmm. and anointed me and tell me, go forth. Great experiences build great leaders. Great leaders build great teams. This is Building Great Sales Teams. All right, guys, welcome back to the Building Great Sales Teams podcast. I am honored and excited to be here with Mr. Neil Farley. He is the owner and CEO of Turf Pros, as well as his own internal marketing company. And uh, I met Neil through Adam McChesney. Right. He reached out to me via the DMs. He slid in my DMs and say, hey, this is Neil. And uh, he's been scaling like crazy and he needs some help with the sales program. And as I've been here the last couple of days, you know, Neil's a bit of a storyteller. And as I'm hearing all these stories, I'm like, man, I wish I had a mic recording right now, <laughs> because the thing that he is saying people need to hear, right. you know. So, Neil, welcome to the show, brother. Thank you. Thank you for the privilege of being here. Yeah, absolutely. And so. I want to start with, you know, you're obviously a successful business owner. You've got an eight-figure business. Mm-hmm. It's in the home services, which is a highly competitive market, right? right. And, uh, you know, some of the stories you were telling me, you have this, like, audacity, this hunger, this drive. You know what I mean? Where did that come from? Can we go back to the childhood and see some of that there? Well, from my childhood, uh, from college, uh, all my friends uh, went to, to become engineers, and that was one of my dreams. I wanted to be an engineer. And uh, my parents wasn't, well, they didn't have enough money to send me mm-hmm. to uh, engineering school. Right. So I had to get a job. So the first job I went down in the city, I'm, well, or, I'm from the island of Trinidad and Tobago, a Caribbean island. Mm-hmm. I migrated to the U.S. 21 years ago. And um, so the first job I got was uh, I got a, in a store in the city, right? So... Went up and I asked this guy for a job, and he gave me the job, and I said, okay, good, cool. So he told me, hey, come here. So I went. He gave me a duffel bag full of socks, and <laughs> he told me go on the streets and sell it. I, I was kind of shocked. I was like, because I thought I was going to inside the store and start selling the socks. He said, yeah, just take it outside. Say 10 for one, three for 25. I said, okay, if that's what you want me to do, I'll do it. So I went out in the streets. By 1 p.m. was a big duffel bag. I came mm-hmm. back and I sold everything out. He's like, how did you do that? <laughs> I said, well, you told me to do it. So I did it. Yeah. Okay, so, okay, here's another bag. Go back and sell it. So I went out. By 4 o'clock, I came back. I sold it out again. Uh, the whole two weeks, he did that to me. Mm-hmm. When he realized I was so good in sales, mm-hmm. he pulled me in the store. And he, I became the manager of the store. Start managing the store, getting real top-level sales going on. So I realized that they were going to neighboring, um, like they were going to New York, Miami. They were going to uh, Netherlands, Antilles, Panama, and buying stuff mm-hmm. and uh, bringing it back to the Caribbean and selling it. I said, that doesn't look so difficult. I could, I, could, I could do that. So I started doing that. I grew that company to be a multi-million dollar company. And... Uh, you know, I started on the streets, selling on the streets, and mm-hmm. keep, got my first store, second store, third store. 
And I had some tragedy in that. I had a, my family involved in it. They uh-huh. didn't realize the, what it is does it, it takes to really run a business. Right. And uh, long story short, I lost everything I had. I decided to migrate to the U.S. Mm-hmm. So when I came to the U.S., I had a friend living in Colorado, and she told me. Can I ask you, what, why, what made you make the decision to come to the U.S.? I had a, a really good friend here that lives mm-hmm. here. That we had a really good relationship. Mm-hmm. And um, so she invited me. I had a, I was either London I was either going to England or the mm-hmm. US, and she encouraged me, like, hey, come here. I'm in a real good church, and uh-huh. blah, blah, blah. And I decided to come to the US. Okay, so that was a kind of a faith based decision at yes. that point, too. Yes, okay. yes, a faith based decision. And um, when I came here, um, me and my wife came here together, and uh, we were really sour with business. We didn't want to see business anymore. We didn't want to have anything to do with business. I got a job as a powder coating painter. Mm-hmm. Uh, she got a job with Red Lobster, as a, and she be, which as a server, and she uh, went up the chain and became a uh, manager of the store. Mm-hmm. So a couple of years passed by, and um, while some there was a landscape, a guy in our church doing landscaping, mm-hmm. and uh, I was talking to him one day, and I say, "Hey, that doesn't look so difficult to do." So I, I decided I'm noticing a trend. Yeah, yeah. You look at something, you reverse yeah. engineer it, and you're like, "That doesn't look so difficult." Yeah. So at that time, I had a minivan. I went to Home Depot. I bought a weed whacker, a mower, and a blower, mm-hmm. and I started knocking doors and uh, asking people to cut their grass. So while doing that, one day I saw a um, a minivan pulled up with six people in it. And they were sh- sticking flyers on doors. There's a service in Colorado called lawn aeration, where mm-hmm. you break up the compaction of the lawns and uh, you put fertilizer and stuff. And I yeah. picked up the, the flyer and I looked at it and I said, I think I could write something better than this. So, <laughs> I think I can do that. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't so, look so, so, I, so bad. I, I, I rewrote, rewrote it. I picked up, uh, I went and found some uh, guys and I started uh, distributing the flyers and I started doing the same thing. I mm-hmm. started irritating. I built that company up. I had a added a from the lawn cut from the lawn irrigation. I added a irrigation division, added landscaping, added concrete, and I added uh, artificial turf. But the first thing I added was Christmas lights. Mm-hmm. So this the first year we started doing business. Uh, winter was coming, mm-hmm. and I was like, man, winter is coming. I didn't have the money to buy a plow and a truck. In the mm-hmm. Colorado here, it'll take you at least $30,000 or $25,000 right. to buy a, a plow and a truck. And the problem with that is that uh, the snow is very, it's not reliable. You don't mm-hmm. know when snow is coming or when it's not coming again. So I started to think, man, what am I going to do? It's a winter time here and I started thinking, I said, well, wait, in my country, we do a lot of Christmas lights. You know what, I, sh- I should think about getting in a Christmas lights business. So I went on Google and I Googled, how do you start a Christmas lights business? <laughs> I found a guy uh, with a company named wehangchristmaslights.com. Mm-hmm. His name is Josh Trees. We became really good friends. And uh, we, during the conversation, he told me, um, man, you know, it was, that was a great conversation with you. And, you know, I really need somebody in Colorado. So I looked at him and I said, what do you mean? He said, yeah, I need some. I said, but you have the guy already. I'm your guy. I, I'm going to do it. So yeah. I learned to do the Christmas lights business. And uh, at that point in time, that the following year, Josh 
had a another large company, a marketing company, marketing for new homes, mm-hmm. and he got real busy with marketing for the new homes. And uh, if he wanted somebody new to come into the Christmas lights business, he would uh, fly me out, I w- and I would train the people, and I I helped him tremendously. You're like a franchise trainer. Yeah, like a franchise trainer. So fast forward three years now. Uh, one day I'm taking down the lights because the how we do the Christmas lights is we provide the lights, the extension cords, the timers. We put everything up. We take it back down. We service it. It's a, like a full-scale service we did. Mm-hmm. So we're taking down lights in January, and Josh calls me up, and he said, Hey, Neil, how are you doing, buddy? I said, I'm, I'm doing good. I'm, you know, how are you? He said, Hey, I want to repay you for all the good stuff that you did for me. I said, bro, you take care of me also. You yeah. know, uh, you said, you helped me out a lot. He said, I, I want to build a website for you. I want my admin girl to build a website for you. Mm-hmm. I said, a website for what? <laughs> I said, you send me the leads. I go, I close the job. And uh, I don't see point in building a website. I really have no interest in that. He said, so I want to point something out. This yeah. is the first time you didn't say, hey, what you're doing looks easy. I should do that. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you were, uh, it was a little were, intimidating. It was yeah, a little intimidating okay. for me for the website because yeah. remember, I wasn't really a digital guy in any yeah, way whatsoever. Were, it was all hustling. It hustle, was all hustle, you know, so yeah. that was a different territory to me. And um, he said, uh, I, I, I want, I, I'm going to let Tabitha, my web designer, contact you and build a website for you. And Neil, trust me, you, you're going to thank me for this one day. I said, okay, I'll do it. So Tabitha starts contacting me and asking me uh, what algorithms and uh, and questions I didn't even understand. So at that time, Facebook had just came out. A little while, Facebook had come, come out, and I joined Facebook. Mm-hmm. And by the grace of God, I met some real high-level marketers, and I joined the group with them. Okay. Within six weeks of Tabitha telling me things, I was teaching her stuff and telling her what to do. And implementing stuff, mm-hmm. so I took I, I started to do a lot of digital marketing, and it raised the level of my company. I, I I started to look at my company more as a lead gen company. I grew that company to have fifty five employees in it. So one day now, while uh, doing the landscaping and the irrigation and uh, the concrete work and all that, it had a big uh, SEO meeting in Denver. Mm-hmm. I decided to go to the SEO meeting in Denver. So. When I went to the SEO meeting in Denver, I made friends there, and uh, people started asking me things like, you know, how you're measuring your marketing, you know? And <laughs> I was like, what do you mean measuring your marketing? Yeah, he said, are you called tracking and blah, blah, blah. Right. And uh, I learned a lot of stuff. Well, I made friends with, a, with a, a top level SEO guy there, and he told me, I told him what I was doing, like landscaping and irrigation mm-hmm. and concrete. And uh, he said, have you ever thought about artificial turf? I was like, no, I've never, I never thought about artificial grass. And uh, he said, yeah, I have a client that's doing it. He's doing really well. So we had a lot of chats and I came back home to tell my wife what this guy told me about. Now, remember that time we had thousands of lawn cutting clients. Yeah. People were fixing sprinkler systems mm-hmm. for. And I said, hey, guess what? We're going to go into the turf business. <laughs> <laughs> she watched me and said like, what? Who is going to do that? Who is going to put artificial turf in their yard? Mm-hmm. And, you know, because everybody had beautiful lawns in Colorado yeah. at that time. I told her, I say, watch me how I'll make this happen. <laughs> so I, I went back on Google and I searched, how do you start an artificial turf business? And yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think Google's like a god, man. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I found a company named ProGreen. 
out of Dalton, Georgia, mm-hmm. a manufacturer from the USA, called them up and said, hey, I'm thinking of getting into the artificial grass business. They said, okay, if you buy the grass from us, we'll train you in how to install the grass and everything like that. So I said, okay, cool. So we started doing artificial grass. I got a job. They sent out a team to train us. Mm-hmm. At that time, we had a lot of uh, landscaping guys. Me and one of my foreman and a couple guys was doing the job. It took about the entire day to do about 700 square feet or okay. 650, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, I looked at my foreman and he looked at me like, why are they taking so long? I, I, I don't understand yeah. that. Yeah. So long story short, we had a... Uh, I started to push on the turf really hard. We became the number one distributor guy. We became really big in the artificial turf mm-hmm. um, for that company, ProGreen. So everything was going really good. We were getting good money for the artificial grass jobs. Let me ask you, why? Why did y'all become number one? Was it the marketing or marketing, was it marketing, your systems? Marketing you, systems, okay. yeah. We had a lot of lead gen coming in mm-hmm. and uh, we were doing really good and the uh, artificial turf. And they didn't business. provide anything in, the, in it, those. We buy the turf from them. No, they and they only teach us how to install the turf. Okay. But all the marketing, all the legion, I brought it in myself. Fantastic. And uh, so everything was going really good. We were making good money with it. One of my salesmen comes in and tell me problems. I was like, what? What's the problem? He said, somebody is selling the exact same turf for 25% cheaper than we are selling it. I was like, no way, that's impossible. No way this can be possible. I did my due diligence and I found out the company started selling another individual, a guy, the mm-hmm. same turf. So I called the guy up, uh, the owners of the company, and I said that was selling me the turf, the manufacturer. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Harry, this guy is selling the turf really cheap. Right. You know, I mean, uh, I have huge budgets at that t- time. I used to do a lot of print advertising and uh, I did some Google, but I did more print. Advertising at that point in time. And by this time, you're already getting the green pros price down because you're ordering so much. Yeah, you yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, Pro Green. Pro Green is the name of the company I used to buy from, right? And uh, the guy told me, hey, Neil, there's nothing I can do about it. And so I was I was disappointed. And, and mm-hmm. I, you know, I was like, wow. So I had to suck salt and drop my prices. That same year, my wife's brother was getting married in the Caribbean. We decided to go to the wedding. Now... My background was importation and exportation, like I told you, with the clothing stores and all that. Mm-hmm. So one of my friends was very wealthy there. He just acquired a company making a manufacturing stove and washing machines and refrigerator. And he said, Neil, I know your background is import-export. I want you to go uh, China and source stoves and refrigerators and that kind of stuff for me. So now you're going back to a skill you learned I, in from the before. Caribbean yes. from selling on the street. Yes, and yes. And you're... You, Reverse engineering it, you know, you, you learn the skill, and now you're bringing it back. So I, I wasn't thinking about anything about import, export, but he right. knew I, I, I was very good at what I did. Mm-hmm. So he asked me, could I source the suppliers and, and get the, the product and everything? I said, okay, yeah, I can do that. I said, are you serious? Because I'm a really busy guy. I have a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. So I went back. I came back to the States, did all my due diligence. I lined up the suppliers and everything. Mm-hmm. So I said, hey, Carlton. I did everything. My buddy name was Carlton. Mm. And he said, uh, I said, get me the tickets. I lined up the suppliers. I did everything for you. Um, and get me the tickets to go by Friday. So I didn't call him back the Friday. I called him back the Tuesday. I said, hey, bro, did you get the tickets and everything for me? I'm ready to go. He's like, man, I was really busy. I didn't have the time to do it. 
And uh, he did that to me three times. Mm-hmm. Man, I was pissed. I was upset. I was angry because I put all this effort into right. getting this done. And I, so I, I started to think to myself, Neil, how could you take a negative and turn it into a positive? So I went to, I was going to this huge fair in a city named Guangzhou mm-hmm. called the Canton Fair. And I said, why don't you see if there's any artificial turf manufacturers going to that show? So I checked the roster. I found three companies. Uh, two women were running uh, uh, two of the companies and a guy was running the other company. I started chatting with them. Chats were going good. And the guy, one night while talking to the guy on a Chinese social media named WeChat, mm-hmm. he called me bro. I was like, when he said bro, I said, what's up? <laughs> I said, what's up, man? Yeah. Well, that clicked us and we became really good friends. Uh, and uh, I, I told him, I said, hey, you know, I'm looking for a manufacturer to, uh, to manufacture turf for me. Mm-hmm. So I decided, I took all my competitors' turf and I decided to go to China and bring in uh, my own turf. There was a lot of money at that point in time, $90,000 for a container. Mm-hmm. I didn't have the money, but I know I could speak. Like, I know how to talk to people. And I, right. I knew marketing and I had a history of where I did my print and how I was ranking on Google and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I, I'm a Christian, so I mm-hmm. went and I told my pastor my plans on the Sunday at church. And he said, Neil, I want you to come in on Tuesday morning where we have a prayer meeting from 6 to 8 in the morning. And uh, I'll let all the elders pray for you. So after the meeting was almost finished, they called me up. Everybody laid hands on me and started praying for me. And I could never forget that day. While they were praying, I felt like a tangible, real, I, like I saw it like two angels came mm-hmm. and anointed me and tell me, go forth. So uh, the next two weeks, I booked a ticket to go Beijing. One of the companies was in Beijing. Mm-hmm. I flew out to Beijing. Um, I don't know anybody. It's very intimidating going to Beijing. It's a huge, huge yeah. city, huge airport. I met this company and uh, in uh, downtown Beijing and uh, had a huge office, huge operations. And I started to pitch them and tell them everything that I could do and my capability. Mm-hmm. So they told me they want me to go down to the factory and see the operations and all that. How did you deal with the... Uh we had a, a tra- the guy who oh, called a translator? me bro. Okay. The guy who called me bro, he, okay, was, uh, he, was he could speak uh, some English. Nice. So I was translating him. So I went down to the factory. I took the samples with me and I told them, I said, hey, if you all can make this product for me, mm-hmm. you know, I'll do business with you guys. Well, like I said, the, fa- the, 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 uh, the container was $90,000. But by the time I was finished speaking to them and showing them my capability, I came back home within 45 days of me making that first trip. I had my first container landed on the ground here. Wow. Now, I don't even buy from that company anymore. Uh, we, we are still really close friends, but I have... Uh, that opened you up to what was it, possible. Yeah, it, it opened me up to what's possible, and I, I actually buy from the largest manufacturer in the world right now. And uh, the, the first and the second largest manufacturers in the world, I'm a direct distributor for them. And I started to... Uh, buy from them. I, I went deeper into marketing. I'm, I believe in inbound marketing. I'm a real Google guy. I mm-hmm. I have, uh, while I was in the Caribbean, I did a lot of television ads, radio ads, right. newspaper ads. When I came to the US and I learned about 
sticking flyers on doors. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I did it all. I did. I did almost every. I used to put a lot of signs, those banded signs, uh, all over the place. And when I learned digital marketing, I realized with digital marketing, the customer already knows what he wants, mm-hmm. what they want, and when they're calling, it's easier to sell an inbound lead. So I put a lot of effort and time into developing teams to help me to bring in inbound leads. And, uh, you know, I just kept pushing and growing my business. And, uh, you know, we had a location. When we started, we were in Colorado Springs mm-hmm. only. Then we grew from Colorado Springs to a location in Denver. Then we operated in Houston for a while. Uh, then I opened one in uh, New Jersey mm-hmm. that's serving Connecticut, New York, New Jersey and Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Now we have a location in Orlando and in Naples. And uh, I just align myself with people mm-hmm. that could carry me to a different level. Um, not necessarily smarter than me, but you know right. they, they know different verticals and to help enrich my life. Mm-hmm. And I just keep growing and pushing. So when Adam introduced us, and it, it's an amazing story, by the way. Yeah. I, I love it, and I've heard a lot of more. De- I've heard it in a lot more detail. Yeah, and it's a lot of fun the way you tell it. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> but so we we met through Adam, and we jumped on a call. We talked for maybe like thirty minutes or something like that. Yeah, and uh, it, I remember it was very quick. You had already yeah. made your decision. You know what I mean. And then you engaged with me, and uh, and then I started meeting your team. I met Rigel and Nadine, your wife, and uh, I was like, okay, I've I got something really good to work with here. And one of the other things I noticed, I started following you on social media yeah. and you always talked about how God's blessed you in your life. Of course. And I was like, okay, instant alignment. Right. Mm-hmm. And you know, being a Christian business owner, it's not like we have a label on us and we don't walk into conversations and say, Hey, I'm a Christian. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and so anytime that somebody is vocal about that or uh, forward about it, I love that because yeah. then I know, you know, there's alignment there. Right. right. And whenever I'm looking at consulting clients, it's, it's important to me that not only that there's some alignment, it doesn't have to be necessarily Christian, but there's alignment in terms of, all right, we're, we're trying to make an impact here. They're trying to make an impact in their company. It's not just about the money. Right. Right. And there's some core value alignment. I know I'm not going to show up to Neil's office and us go through a whole day and bust our asses every day. And then Neil's going to be like, hey, let's go to the strip club. You yeah. know what I mean? That's not what I need in my life. Right. Mm-hmm. And so. A lot of alignment, and then I noticed like your people were aligned too, yeah. and uh, so then I get out here, and the first thing is your uh, one of your office managers gives me a tour of the facility, right. and as I'm looking around, I realize like, hey, Neil's just not a good salesman; he's not just a you know a follower of Christ. Dude's got good systems, you know what I mean? Like, so I you know in my head I'm like, okay. When we do the sales audit, I feel like they're going to be there already. You know what I mean? And maybe I'm just going to be building on top of that, enhancing it and everything. And so that was the first thing I recognized was, like, how clean your warehouse was. You know, and I've been in a lot of warehouses before. I've I've actually ran a crew that put up Christmas lights. Right. And the warehouse is just a mess. You know what I mean? It's not organized. It's It doesn't flow properly. You know what I'm saying? So that's one of the things that I appreciated right away. Mm -hmm. And then I start meeting your team. And I'm like, dude, his culture is on point. But you don't see core values on the wall. You don't see a mission statement anywhere. It's because of the hands-on way that you run your business. You know what I mean? You know everybody's story. You know their family. You you know, you guys walk together in faith, you know? Yeah. 
And so the, the culture here is amazing, but you guys have been strong arming it. Right. And so, um, you know, after a few conversations and everything, and then working with your team, it's like, I'm very excited about the impact we're going to make here together. And then I'm also excited about telling the story. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, we, when, when I contacted you, I knew our weak points. Mm-hmm. I knew that we needed to create. Now, Google have worked great for us in the past, mm-hmm. but things are changing. Yeah. Things are changing tremendously. And I had just hired, uh, I just got Jay Abraham as a consultant for mm-hmm. three years too. Yeah. And uh, he teaches a lot about lead gen and how mm-hmm. to get a lot of customers also. Right. But delivering the sales, mm-hmm. converting those leads to sales is a huge part of it wow. and creating systems. And I knew we were weak on that. And mm-hmm. I had looked, I've looked all, uh, I've, I've been looking for somebody to train my t- team with sales. Mm-hmm. And when we had the conversation the first time, I thought you would have been a great fit for us. Mm-hmm. So that's why I was eager to get it going. I, yeah. I knew what I wanted and I, yeah. you know, and I, and it so happened you exceeded my expectations. I appreciate that. Yeah. No, absolutely. And likewise. So we've got a long journey ahead of us. And yes. uh, we'll probably do another episode when we're done and see how everything went, right? Right. But uh, in the in the meantime, you got, you have a lot of plans for your company, for your business. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And it's not just turf. Can you yeah. talk about that? Well, uh, turf is a really great business. We're, we're a, a pretty large company now. But at the end of the day, TIFF is a want. It's not a need. So I started realizing like, hey, if the economy is, a recession is coming like how it's coming, right. the, we need to think about different things. That's when you introduced me to Nathaniel. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had a great conversation. Mm-hmm. And I decided to open a plumbing and drainage division, yeah. which we, start, we opened already. And uh, we're going to expand on that. Eventually, I'm planning to bring in, after the, uh, plumbing and drainage is going. I'm going to open my HVAC, mm-hmm. and then I'm going to open my electrical division. So I want to back up real quick and just tell that story real quick about Nathaniel, right? And so um, he posted something in, uh, you and I are both in Apex. Yeah. He posted something in Entourage. He basically needed somebody to talk to. I won't get into all the details and anything, so I reach out to him. And basically what I find out from that is he's an undervalued employee. Right. right? And so he had a lot of decisions to make because he was in a really high paying position, you know, and it's hard to go, even if you're undervalued and you're not treated the right way, Mm -hmm. it's hard to go from that, you know, making six figures into another position where maybe you won't do that, even if you are treated well. I mean, that's, that's real. Right. And so I realized he was based in Colorado Springs Mm -hmm. and I had just literally a week before had the conversation with you and I'm like, you need to talk to Neil and not, not that he was going to end up working with you or anything like that. You just, you need mentorship. Yeah. You need guidance. Mm-hmm. And Neil's got droves of it. You know what I'm saying? So just have coffee with him and tell him what you're dealing with. And maybe he can help you, you know? Well, the first time he came to me, we ended up having a conversation for about two hours. And he mm-hmm. was looking for a job with our company. Mm-hmm. But I saw all the greatness in him. Yeah. And I showed him ways and systems that he could be better than he is. And I said, mm-hmm. hey, it doesn't make sense coming to work for me. You have too much potential. And he got excited about it. And uh, mm-hmm. I'm a guy, I follow through my word. If I say I'm doing something, I do it. And everything, the culture that he came out from, it was just, it wasn't good. It was very toxic. Yeah. And I'm telling him things and it's happening immediately. I right. said, this is happening, it happened. Website's coming, it, it came. 
you know, he was like, wow, wow, you know. Yeah. And uh, and uh, it, it just worked out really good. No, and I'm and expecting great things from him. Yeah. And that, when I talk about alignment, that's what I mean. It's like, yeah, we can work together. We can do great things together. Mm-hmm. But because we are together, you know, how are we impacting other people? You know, yeah. and so that Nathaniel came from this relationship yes, already. Of you know what I mean? And I'm so excited to see what he does. So I just wanted to kind of tell that story too. Right. Because, you know, we often think without money or without um, these skills, we can't make an impact. But just yeah. putting two people in the same room has amazing impact. Of you know? course. Of course. So HVAC. I'm going to add HVAC uh-huh. and I'm going to add electrical. Okay. For now. I also know a lot of factories in China. A lot. I, I go to. A, I travel a lot. Sometimes three. Uh, before pandemic, I was going to China like three times a year. Mm-hmm. I'm expanding now. I have manufacturers in Italy. I have manufacturers in uh, Cambodia, mm-hmm. Vietnam. So, I don't know where it might end. I, I, I've been looking at uh, electric charging stations. Yeah. I've been looking at electric cars, um, lighting manufacturers. Mm-hmm. I. There's a lot of man. I, I like dealing with manufacturers and right. finding new products and always constantly bringing mm-hmm. new tr- products. Like Turf bring us brought us to a high level, but I think we are going way beyond that. And I don't know if Turf is the one thing that might be carrying us to the level that we want to operate. Who knows? I might get up. I be- become a distributor for a new model electric car. I don't yeah. know. I don't. Yeah. I don't know. I'm open. I'm open. I'm not. Close-minded to say I'm doing turf and it's turf alone. I'm doing uh, right. plumbing and plumbing alone. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you're at that eight-figure point where it's like, yeah. okay, we can pivot. You know, we have the manpower, we have the resources, we have the knowledge and skills to pivot. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, it's not even pivoting; it's adding, right? Yes, and that's one, the that's the idea behind one it. One thing I really that that's that helped me a lot with all my locations. We have uh, five warehouses right now, private warehouses, and we have a. Uh, three shared warehouses mm-hmm. is I empower my people a lot. You know, all my managers, they're making a flat salary and they make a percentage of everything that comes into the door. Mm-hmm. I, I, I empower my people a lot. Uh, I pay the people for more answering the phone. They got really good treatment, good pay. Mm-hmm. The warehouse staff get good pay. The contractors get good pay. I don't want it all for me. You know, right. I mean, I, I want I want to uplift everybody that that is on my team. You know, I want everybody to be successful. You really convicted me in that though, because we walked into your office and she takes us on the tour, which the tour was amazing, right? Yeah. And then we walk into the break room, and it's like there's a grocery store in this break room, <laughs> y'all. They have no reason to go to lunch because they got all the food that they need. You know, that's, that's just a testament to one of the ways that you take care of your people. Yeah. But I definitely wanted to highlight that, and you you let us right into it which was you kind of have a model here where it's not, hey, I need to control the whole process from A to Z. I know what I'm good at, which in your case, it's marketing, right? And so you create the lead, you uh, create the customer experience, and then you let the dealer or or the installer at that point take over, you know what I'm saying, and build their business on the back of your business. And that's been a model that's working for you? We didn't get through that part of the story. <coughs> when I uh, started the turf business, mm-hmm. at that point in time, I had 55 employees mm-hmm. doing landscaping, and I was just tired of it. I, I told you all in the podcast and before, I started with my own uh, a minivan, then I got a beat-up F-150, yeah. and I got two beat-up F-150, but my belief always is that if I take care of what I have, God is going to bless me with it a lot more. I would tell my guys, 
like, hey, when you're done working in the evening, go wash the truck down. Clean it. They'd be like, what are going to clean this old truck for? I was like, bro, just take care of it. Because I believe that if I take care of what I have, God is going to bless me with more and more. Yeah. And I kept doing that. So when I started doing the, uh, the turf business, I decided to get rid of the landscaping company completely. I took my four best guys and I said, hey, you guys want to make money? They all said like, of course. Yeah. Uh, so I said, I'll teach you how to open your own businesses. I will sell you all my equipment and give you a time to pay it. And I made them all subcontractors. Mm-hmm. I really didn't want to deal with uh, the blue collar anymore again, right. the day-to-day operations. And that had took, took our stress level from 90% down to like 30 Thirty uh-huh. percent. There still is management and still stress right. with it, but you know, I just didn't want that model anymore. And now with each location, uh, we don't have in-house teams for installation. Mm-hmm. I am not. I'm not interested in doing that anymore. Right. You know, we are so I'm empowering so many people's lives. I mean, the managers making good money. The assistant manager, the people who are answering the phones, mm-hmm. are making good money. Uh, the contractors, the warehousing people. So what I what I think about my call was is to empower people, and 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 there's in such a good happy situation they don't look to the left or the right. Mm-hmm. Now if I could do that at ten locations, just saying for example, mm-hmm. and I could just take ten percent for me, I'm good enough. I'm happy with that, because at the end of the day, when I make life better for them, they make life better easier for me, and that's the philosophy that we worked on. I love it because it's mission driven. It's purpose yes. driven. Yes. You know, and, that, that, and that's what I talked about a lot. It's like I, I meet and I consult with so many business owners and so, some of the things, they, the reason the alignment isn't there and I don't end up working for them because they don't have a purpose. Yeah. And it's hard for me to work with someone that doesn't have a purpose because then I'm not fired up about what I'm doing there. Yeah. And you do have a purpose, so it makes it easy for me to work with you mm-hmm. with that. And so, you know, we've gone through the evolution here of, you know, your life to this point. And, you know, what's next is the different verticals that you guys can go into. Um, kind of going back to the subcontracting, the install team. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious about this piece because I just came out of solar. And one of yeah. the biggest problems that I had was uh, subbing the install on solar. Mm-hmm. So how do you maintain quality or how do you maintain the customer experience even though you're subbing to another business? So how we really do that is uh, the most important thing is to keep feeding them. Okay. You get really good people, but if you, that's why I have like a, I don't look at my business as a turf business, but as a lead generation business. Okay. If you could keep that subcontractor busy all the time mm-hmm. and he does not have a doubt in his mind, am I going to get work this week? Am I going to get work next week? You mm-hmm. know? So we keep our subcontractors really busy. We pay them very well. Okay. So they're earning good money. And at the end of the job, they have to walk the job with the customer Make sure that the customer is totally satisfied with it and they sign off on a happy sheet. Mm-hmm. And once they're, that's how they get paid. Once they sub, they have to submit pictures, mm-hmm. uh, videos, and the happy sheet that the customer is totally satisfied with it. And we feed them so much work. They don't want to go to the left. If, if there's a problem that arises two weeks, one month, three months, they know they don't have to think about marketing. Right. They don't have to think about getting an office. They don't have, all they have to do is every Monday morning or every Friday evening, mm-hmm. we send a, a list for them. Here's five jobs to the week. I mean, like your overhead is really low then. Yeah. All you have to do, and they're making good money. I mean, so it's, it, it, that has worked really good for us. Mm-hmm. 
really well first. Tell me about the, because that, that's a very tactical piece, is that happy sheet. Tell me about that. Like, how, to, what questions are asked and what are you guys looking for from the installers to see the feedback from the customers? Well, the customer has to be present. They have to be present with mm-hmm. the, uh, with the, uh, install the install installation team mm-hmm. and or the foreman on, on the job. And he has to walk the entire job with them, show them where the seams are, mm-hmm. how they, they tacked it down, make sure there's no garbage, that everything is done satisfactorily mm-hmm. for the customer. That's how the process goes. Yeah, I love that because you get instant feedback. Yes. And, and ho- you know, it's not just on your install. It's also on the whole process. You know, I yes. imagine that's when the things come up that they're, you know. And we, we have, they have found things a couple of times yeah. and they remedied it immediately. And I thought, well, w- what really brought the happy sheet up is we got a couple of chargebacks okay. in the past. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we were like, the installer is there, the homeowner is there. Do it now. Mm-hmm. And uh, even if someone tried to do us, hit us a chargeback after, mm-hmm. and uh, we sent the happy sheet and the credit card authorization form right. for the customer, we got our money back immediately. Yeah. So it was a good system we implemented. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. Okay, so the last question I have for you, I ask all my guests at the end of the podcast. Yeah. Um, what legacy do you want to leave behind? Empowering many individuals. And that's the, my, my um, I think my mission in life is to empower people mm-hmm. and uh, leave this world with a, a memory people would remember. Hey, Neil brought me up to what I am today. No, I'm empowered. That. That's that's that that's what I would. That's my dream in my life to empower as many people as I can. To have a better life. I love it. Not financially only. Right. Because a lot of people I talk about with, with a lot of my managers, mm-hmm. I, I have a wide range of experience in life. Uh, mm-hmm. f- from my days with my store to now, mm-hmm. I have flown, I've lived in multiple countries, a lot of uh, social interactions with plenty different people. I had it all, lost it, had it all, lost it, made it back. I... You know, I mean, I would meet me. I sorry, let me take a pause. Uh, it, it, I'm, I'm not scared by failure. If I fail, it's uh, just a challenge for me to get back up and get going again. Mm-hmm. I don't know where that motivation comes from. I really don't understand it up to now. But um, failure is not an option in my book. I always said if I was, I came to America earlier, I would have been in a military guy. Mm-hmm. I always thought I'd have been in military. Yeah, because I have, I, I, I am self-driven. I want, I'm very competitive. You know, I, I want mm-hmm. to win. <laughs> I want to win. So I would uh, implore our listeners to, the, f- the motivation comes from that purpose, that yes. legacy that you want to leave behind of empowerment, right? Yes, yes, yes. When I think about when I first started, you know, I had a similar motivation, mm-hmm. I had a similar purpose to be the business owner that I needed when I was 19, 20, 21 years old. Right. Know? And uh, so that was my purpose. And somewhere along the way, I lost it. And all of a sudden, I lost my motivation, mm-hmm. you know. And so I love that uh, the legacy you want to leave behind is empowerment. Because uh, it's very it's very focused. It's not all the things. It's one thing. You want to empower people. Well, that even motivates me more. When I, when I, when I help somebody and they reach to the level that they, it, it gets self-satisfying to me. Mm-hmm. And it makes me want to give out more. And I think that's what leads to my successes and, and it, you know people don't want 
your motivation to be selfish, but it is. <laughs> like, yeah. When you get that that energy from that, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it keeps you going. Of course. You know, so it can be selfish. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. You know what I mean? As long as you're making the impact you want to make, right? Exactly. And exactly. so, hey, I really appreciate you taking the time. We've had a long day and a half. Well, you've had a long couple yeah. of days. You know what I mean? Every one of these meetings just, it does, it drains you mentally, emotionally. Yeah. And so, thank you for jumping on, telling your story. And I'm excited to hear about everything in 90 days on the next podcast we will we will we will, we will hit hit those expectations 100 <laughs> percent. all right man let's get building goodbye everyone thank you for tuning in to this episode of building great sales teams be sure to execute on what you just heard and let's get building As always, remember to subscribe and leave a review wherever you consume podcasts. You can also head on over to buildinggreatsalesteams.com and sign up for our newsletter to stay up to date with everything that's going on with the podcast. See you next time.